Welcome to NFL Only Better Week 1. Our season preview was out two weeks ago, so if you want to go back and listen to that, if you haven't already checked it out, you can. But for now, I know who you are listening. You're the type of person that you could be doctor, nurse, work in IT, but for the next four to five months, you're the manager of an imaginary football team that will take over your whole <laughs> life. And I thank you for listening to our show as well, for any help that we will give you along the way. Joining me, as always, are two men who will strive to give their frank and earnest views on all of the games. Speaking of earnest, one of them is old enough to be his granddad, and one of them looks like him. <laughs> it's John Balfin, it's Mike Carlson. Yeah, if you'll be <laughs> frank, I'll be earnest. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. To all the doctors and nurses listening out there, put your put your scalpel down for 45 minutes and listen to us uh, break down week one of the NFL season. Yeah, or, or else use it on yourself. John starts talk, <laughs> talking about the Cleveland Browns. Uh, guys, our season preview show went very well. Of course, there was always a few people who were, you know, a little bit upset. I did hear some people say that we didn't speak about the runners-up or losers, some would say, of the Super Bowl enough and give them give them the, the love that we feel. So, uh, Mike, very quickly, you know, shout out to well, all Well, you know, it's, inter- it's interesting because my, my first thought about the Bengals was that they had a great run at the end of last season. They were a much better team in the, in the last couple of weeks of the season and the playoffs than they had been um, throughout, which is not to say they were bad beforehand, but, you know, it, it was like everything gelled for them at, at the right time, which is often what happens when you go to a Super Bowl. Things go your way. They had a few breaks. The kicker was phenomenal, that kind of stuff. So, so my first thought was that they were going to suffer from what we call the plexiglass principle, which is that the glass bends one way and then it bends back, you know, kind of reversion to the, to the mean. Um, and in a division that is not, I don't think, as good as it usually is, but it's still finely balanced, um, I didn't think they would be that good. But the more I've looked at it, the more I think they could easily win that division. Easily is the wrong word, but they could win that division. Um, I think there's enough question marks about the other three teams. And they're, they're basically pretty solid. They, you know, they've addressed their, some of their weaknesses. They're, they're okay. So the Bengals, in my mind now, are, are probably favorites in that division. So there you go, Bengals fans. And for everyone else, yes, we do hate your team and we are biased towards them. So <laughs> thank you for commenting. Please keep the comments coming in. Uh, as I mentioned last week, we're going to slightly change this year. We are going to look at the live Sky games, but feedback from you guys, our most important people, of course, our listeners, as we enter season four of this show, was uh, that most of you watch Red Zone. Um, so you want to have that kind of red zone sort of bets and tips, etc. So I've thrown that back on the two guys to come back with some of the games that they want to talk about for a variety of reasons, whether they think it's the game of the weekend, whether they've got the big bet in it, etc. And they've come back to me. We will run through all the TV games. But for now, John Baff, shockingly, I mean, listeners of the show will be like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's talking about that game. Cleveland Browns at Carolina Panthers is one of the six o'clock red zone games. It's even money about the Cleveland Brown, the Carolina Panthers, five to six. And I guess everyone kind of knows why you want to talk about that, because, you know. Yeah, this one comes with a little bit of extra spice to this this year, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. Of course, now that he has been uh, Mr. He has been said that he will, you know, I, I can I can I can I say the word that he said? I think you said he would F them up. Is that is that what he said? I believe so, and I mean, you can't really, you can't really blame the the man for for saying that. We're, we're speaking about um, Baker Mayfield, obviously the the new uh, Carolina Panthers. This is this is named after that stadium in Philadelphia. Um, the it's now gone long ago, but it was the state the Baker Bowl, <laughs> and that, and that's what this is the Baker Bowl. And, the yeah. Baker Bowl. When, I, this is one of those games, like when the uh, when the NFL sort of spat out their their schedule for this season. You, I don't think many people would have looked at Browns at Panthers as being kind of one of the more intriguing games on, on week one. But certainly, uh, I mean, for me, I am a as as regular listeners know, I'm a fan of the Browns. But I mean, I think this has a larger interest as well, just given what's gone on in Cleveland over the last six or so months with the quarterback change and the. The associated drama that came with it, much of like, all of which was deserved, I have to say. Um, so yeah, it, this it'll be an interesting one, uh, I think. And I was kind of reading up on it as well, and some people were making the point, and I kind of agree with it too. Is that the the Mayfield situation and the sort of narrative of of revenge, or 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 the narrative of like you know super motivated Baker out there going out there to f up his former team, as as you said, Kieran. 
that might have actually influenced the lines a little bit. And I think there might've been perhaps like an overcorrection on this. And uh, I'll, I'll explain why I think that. It's because, you know, uh, if you look at this, there's two ways to really discern what's going on there. Who has the advantage? Do the, do the brand's defense have the advantage having, you know, trained and, and practiced with Baker Mayfield for uh, the last few seasons? Or does Mayfield have an advantage because he went against them in practice every time? He'll know the coverage. He'll know who's, who's slow on the outside. He knows which shoulder to target of the cornerbacks, all that sort of stuff. And I think that the, the narrative and the pleasing thing would be for Mayfield to go out there and sort of torch the, torch the brands and, you know, catch them cold and, you know, get that, you know, what would be, you know, the, the most, probably the most satisfying win of his career. And this is a guy who's won in the playoffs. I think this is actually even a bigger game for Baker Mayfield than that Steelers game was when the Browns kind of blo- broke their playoff duck a couple of seasons ago. But if you just look at it from a different standpoint, you know, how many times have we talked about earlier in the season, you know, in the first week, the first four weeks of the season, even, it's always the narrative that the, the defense is a little bit ahead of the offense, you know, it's sort of, you know, once the, how many times have we said as well that like, once the offense catches up with how good the defense is right now, this team's going to be a fantastic unit. I think that's going to be the case in this game as well. I think the brand's defense will have something of an advantage over Mayfield, who still is, you know, he only won that job like 10 days ago. He's still betting in. Uh, he's still working with an entirely new team. He's working with not as good an offensive line as he had last season. He's got a rookie left tackle going up against Miles Garris. There's a lot of things that are not going in in Mayfield's favor here. And as well, I think it's it's also it's just a super important game for him and his career because he is on the last, like he's, his contract runs out at the end of this season. So if he wants a gig, if he wants a job, he needs to start off well. And I just don't know if it's in the, he's in the position to start off well against his former team. I think he would have rather played any of the other 31 teams in the, in the, in the NFL. Well, maybe not any of them, several. I, I'm not talking about the, the top teams. Fair enough. Okay. I'll take that back. But there's several teams he would have rather played week one than, than welcoming his former team to his, to his new, to his new city. Um, so I, guess I think if, think if you're putting around, money down on, on Baker's yeah. revenge, if that's your primary motivation betting on this game, I think that's a mistake. Yeah. Okay. And, and so are you going with Cleveland who you can actually get to, um, 23, 20, on the yeah, I, I, I think the brands. Uh, I think they're given two and a half points in yeah. this game. Yeah, I think that's that's a, a really really good bet. I mean, the, the focus on this game is all about the quarterbacks, and I mean, Jacoby Brissett is not as good a quarterback as Baker Mayfield in my opinion. But I think the brands as a whole, on paper, their roster the roster is better, and I think the defense will have a bit of an advantage going into this game. Yeah, I, I like what they've done in Carolina um, and getting Mayfield was just part of that, but they've rebuilt the offensive line quite a bit. As you say, though, you've got a rookie at left tackle and he's very athletic, but he he had his problems in, in preseason. They've got Christian McCaffrey back healthy for at least one game, which is which is a plus. But their defense is very solid, you know, They and they added some good players. Um um, and Phil Snow is a very good defensive coordinator. So the, the question really is, how much do we trust Matt Rule to run the whole thing and Pat um, McAdoo, Ben McAdoo to, um, to be the offensive coordinator? You know, And I, I just look at it, and, and I think they could be very, very good defensively. There's an awful lot. You know, J.C. Horn is back. Xavier Woods came in from Minnesota. Uh, Ian Edes from from uh, Washington team football. Uh, Damian Wilson from from Jack. You know, they they they've got a lot of talent there, and I like Jacoby Brissett too, and I think he'll run that offense really well. But it's going to be a run first, play action offense, and and it's going to be something that you can, I think plot around. So I do kind of like Carolina, but not because of Baker Mayfield, but just because I had, it's like Cincinnati. I, I had Carolina ba- based on paper as possibly a dark horse. And when they picked up Mayfield, I thought, okay, he's a legitimate starting quarterback, you know, not a great one, but better than Sam Darnold. You know, if you could put Mayfield and Sam Darnold together you know, and take the right parts. If you could give Mayfield a little bit of Sam Darnold's height and arm, mm-hmm. the Browns would be a really, you know, the Browns would have kept him. Basically. <laughs> okay. Yes. Let's move on. Let's move yes. on from that one. Okay. And Mike, um, we'll get to the TV games. And one of your games that you just wanted to speak about is, is the TV. Sure. Game. So I'm just going to shoot it over 
uh, to a really intriguing one uh, at 9.25 on Red Zone. Las Vegas Raiders take on the LA Chargers, 6-4, the Raiders. The Chargers are 8-15, to 3.5 points is the handicap, and they're expecting a high-scoring game, 52.5. Tell us why, Mr. Yeah, Carson, I- I'm not sure they're going to get a high-scoring game, but, but probably the reason is that that the Raiders defense is still a work in progress. Josh McDaniels has come in um, with Patrick Graham, who was with him a long time ago in New England and was in Miami and New York. And, um, and they've let guys go, you know, uh, high draft picks from the, from the Gruden era. Um, And I think this, I like this game because it's going to tell us a lot, I think um, about the way that the AFC West may pan out. I mean, obviously Week one is kind of national jump to conclusions week, but, but, you know, but I want, I'm very curious to see how these two teams match up, whether McDaniels offensively makes a big enough difference for the Raiders um, and whether the chargers have put together finally an offensive line that can get the best out of Jason Herbert, whether um, Williams and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are enough to kind of uh, receiving threat. To make because one of my problems with the Chargers, I think they make life easier for defenses because you know where the ball's going. You know there there aren't as many options. Um, they, they got do, Jer- they do use Eckler. I mean they do uh, yeah they the use Eckler ones. a lot yeah and you know and they 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 picked up Gerald Everett from Seattle um, because he had a good season for uh, caught a lot of passes for Seattle. But I'm still not a big Gerald Everett fan. Um, and and when you when you look at the Raiders, it's an, almost a similar situation. Who's their third receiver? I don't know. You know, it's like, yeah. but but the first two are Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, and Waller's the tight end who make who makes a huge difference. Um, and McDaniel's, you know, you can see that he wants to do the kind of New England running a lot of running backs through. Josh Jacobs is the best of the bunch, but they've got they've got a bunch of other guys who can run and catch. So I, I just think it's it's a really intriguing matchup. And to me, the question is whether the Chargers did enough to rebuild defensively um to to hold to hold the Raiders in check. And and I, I just think um that they probably did and being at home, they should be the favorites. I don't know if 52 Five. You notice that most of the over unders are pretty low to start mm-hmm. the season. Yeah. Where no and that's a yeah, that's a kind of response to last year where there were an awful lot of high uh, overs, and you know we were going under a lot. Mm. I was the undertaker last year for the, <laughs> for the last half of the season, and and you know and mostly that worked out. Um, but you know they added J.C. Jackson in the secondary. Um, they added Khalil Mack to uh, be a pass rusher. They brought in a couple of you know lesser guys but guys who are good in the pits like uh sebastian joseph day and austin johnson you know so i i just think the chargers may be good enough defensively to hold Derek carr and company in check but in this division where you've got four teams that all have really solid quarterbacks you know it's probably the best division in the nfl i think you know to start off with this game is really good in week one yeah, is the biggest uh, just one question I was going to have is, is the biggest question mark in that division, or I suppose more so with the Raiders, is it just about Josh McDaniels? Is it, can, you know, I still think given his, uh, his previous run as a head coach and the fact that, you know, Bill Belichick's guys don't tend to do that well outside of New England, is that just the biggest question mark about the Raiders this season? I, uh, yeah, I mean, well, it's one of them, but I think in McDaniels' case, it's kind of like Brian Flores who I think was doing really well as a head coach, except that he yeah. couldn't get along with the owner and the general manager, which is <laughs> a part of the job <laughs> that you have to do. Um, most of the Belichick uh, failures have been because I think the coaches try to be Bill Belichick. They, they, they've, in, they've imbued all that. And I think McDaniels from his failed, failed uh, job um, you know, er, in Denver, earlier in his career got past that. You know, I think he's the one who's probably closest to being a Belichick. Um, and therefore, you know, I don't, I think that's going to be okay. You know, you never know until, until trouble hits, but my feeling is the Raiders will be okay. You know, I, I think all four of the teams in this division should be good teams and, and who gets to the playoffs is mainly a question of how they do within the division. Okay, so the handicap on that is three and a half points at the moment. Mike, if I was to say to you on Sunday night that it was 2.5, 
Would you? Would I'm, you I'm probably going to take the Chargers, even giving three and a half. Excellent. If it were two, if it were two point five, I would certainly take them. Absolutely brilliant, excellent, uh, John. Very quickly, I know you wanted to talk Bengals Steelers. Um, it is eleven to five Pittsburgh Steelers. The Bengals at four to eleven, six point five the spread, forty four point five the over under. Uh, before I move on to the live games, why did you want to talk about this one, John? Uh, I just think it's one of the interesting games. I always like I would keep an eye on. If you look at the teams that come out of the Super Bowl when they their first game of the next season, the Super Bowl winner always, well, not always, more often than not, tends to do quite well. I think I saw that the Super Bowl winner is seven and one over the last eight seasons in opening on opening day, but it's not necessarily the same for the Super Bowl loser. There tends to be sometimes a little bit more of a hangover that kind of sustains itself over the summer months. Even as so much as the, the Bengals have improved, Mike touched on this, I won't over-elaborate the point, but they have added a few pieces to the defensive line. Their, their biggest struggle for the entirety of last season was how often Joe Burrow got sacked. Like he was, the offensive line was just, in, was incredibly porous and that was their absolute Achilles heel. Number one, it just, it made him, it didn't give him as much, much time in the pocket for, for a quarterback as talented as he is. But number two, it also just put him in the position to be injured as he was in his debut season. So, and they're a team that will be incredibly reliant upon, upon their star quarterback as anybody who had Joe Burrow in their, in their roster would be. Uh, but I think some, like, you know, as, as Mike also mentioned, all the teams in the AFC, the AFC North is, is quite interestingly positioned, I think, this season because... Whereas in the last couple of seasons, you could all the teams seem to be quite good, you know, above average, well above average, like they were good to very good teams in that division. I think the balance of power sort of remains, but they're not necessarily as strong as they might have been in the past. So I think, you know what, I think Mitch Trubisky, who is who Mike Tomlin has named as the starter in, in Pittsburgh ahead of week one, uh, replacing Big Ben, I think even despite the fact that Trubisky has not really done much in his, well, when he was with the Bears, at least anyway, despite being such a high pick in the draft, I still think he'll be better than the version of the kind of the washed Roethlisberger that we saw last season. And as well, he's got a better, just has a better unit around him. He's got a better head coach in Tomlin. So I think Trubisky won't necessarily be the liability that some suspect he might be, particularly in comparison to the other quarterbacks in that division. Um, but as well, you know, on the other side of that coin, the Bengals swept the Steelers in, in the AFC North last season. I think they're, I've got it written down here, unless I'm wrong, they're the, la- the last meeting the Bengals won 41 points to 10. And, and interestingly, that was a game, and actually in both of the games they played last season, which the Bengals won, Burrow didn't throw for over 200 yards. He was sub 200 yards in both of those games. So, you know, that points to a multifaceted attack, which could pay dividends again this week. But I think this is just, I'm kind of, if I had to pick, which I do, this is kind of my job. I think the, uh, I'm relying on the, uh, I think the Super Bowl hangover is kind of what I'm going to go at here. And I like the, the Steelers are given six and a half points, I yep. believe. Uh, I mean, if that was seven, I'd like it a lot more, but I think, I still think six and a half, I would take the Steelers in this one. They're, they're a solid underdog here on the road. Excellent. Okay, let's move on to the live games, gentlemen. Uh, and you know, Thursday Night Football is one that, as regular listeners will know, we always kind of tagged on at the end, had a little chat. Uh, there was reasons for that. Obviously, we record on Wednesday morning, and it was a terrible game. But the NFL has got together, <laughs> as, as always it seems to do, and decided that the opening game should actually be a good game, Mike. Yeah, and they got, I mean, you know, you can see the opening and closing games of the week are both kind of marquee matchups that Absolutely. they that they they put there for a reason. I, I just think it's a fascinating one. Um, I've talked all, well, since the Super Bowl, uh, you know, and from the moment that Jaquiski Tart dropped that interception that uh, Matt Stafford handed to him in the NFC uh, conference final. Uh, I just thought, you know, the Rams were very lucky to get there. I'm not sure that they they get there again this year. But when you look at them, they're still a, they're still a very solid team. Uh, their offense still still runs really well. They've got the best defensive player in the league in Aaron Donald, and you know, and a lot happens because of that. And they're at home. Um, the Bills, however, are justifiably, I think, favorites in the yes. NFL Super Bowl favorites because. They got close, you know, we, and you can say this in both conferences about, you know, who could have been in the Super Bowl and not the Bills. The Bills were in position to advance in the playoffs before they lost to the Chiefs. But they're a very solid team. Um, they don't have any they don't have any you know, particular weaknesses. The O-line might be you know, better, but they 
they maneuver around that very well. They've got receivers. They've got Josh Allen, who's a multiple threat. They've got running backs. Their defense is a is a kind of don't give up big plays defense that keeps them in most most games play and plays very well. So I, I just think that you know they they really got it right here to to make it this kind of a matchup. And the one thing that I wonder is that this this is the second highest over under of the weekend. Um, and 52. I, I how much? So 52 52.5? Yeah, that's yeah. what it was when I looked yesterday. Um, and and I actually think that they could, these teams could actually come close to that. Um, so Ooh. so I'm, I'm, one, I'm wondering about that. But the Rams, if the Rams were getting three at home. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm tempted to take the money line anyway. It's 11 to 10 on the Rams at home. It is. Um, and uh I think the Bills are probably the better team all round, but in week one at home, I, I probably like the Rams in this. Wow, wow, wow. John, come on. It's got to yeah. be the Bills, right? Uh, I completely agree. I can, I can show my notes here if you want, Karen. But, uh, I've got <laughs> Seems the, unnecessary. It's not counting. I've got, the Rams on the, I've got the Rams on the money line as well on this one. I just think, you know, the aforementioned stat, uh, seven and one opening week for Super Bowl winners, I, and they're at home. And look, it's not, you know, I... Do take in the bills. I think you know we we're all pretty high in the bills um, this season. But week one is sort of like the witching zone a little bit. Uh, kind of we haven't we don't have a big enough body of evidence yet to really confidently say that the bills. You know they, you know they fluffed their lines last season, uh, and this you know the Rams will be full of confidence. And like Mike said, like any team that has Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald versus Josh Allen is the key here. If one of those guys is, <laughs> if one of those guys plays really well, that team will win. Uh, yeah, it, that's that's a good point because last year the Bills sort of kept Josh Allen under check for the first three months of the season. You know, if you look at it, he ran a lot more in December and the playoffs than he did in the previous months, uh, which was smart because they were winning anyway, and and you know you want to protect him a little bit. But if he's got to start running the ball for their offense to click in week one, you know, that's that's a problem. And and if it's Aaron Donald chasing him around the field, that's going to be another problem. Yeah. And, and Matthew Stafford as well. Is, he's no joke here. And he's like one of your favorite quarterbacks, isn't he? He's, he he's, but now he's won a Super Bowl, so he's dead to me. You know, like, <laughs> you can't say he's he's underappreciated or, you know, he's like. No, uh, I, I love the narrative. Not the hipster's choice anymore. Yeah, yeah, I love the narrative that came out right after the Super Bowl. And Matt Stafford was now a lock for the Hall of Fame. So, so, what he's only been in a uh, pro ball twice you know, it's like <laughs> yeah he's not no he's not on the list anymore no it's all about jimmy g but uh, so you both go rams okay okay yeah. i'm, I'm that, that's interesting i mean i'll go bills just to just to sort of see on the going. on the money line on that one yeah yeah i, I wouldn't be taking yeah i don't think i'd take the, the spread at the moment i'd watch it but three to four about the buffalo bills seems pretty good to me one thing to note for listeners obviously is if you haven't had your super bowl bet as of yet and you are thinking that the bills who are currently favorites for the super bowl are the bet obviously if they were to lose week one that price would drift and um, there are a seven to one chance at the moment it could be nines could be tens come tuesday so um if you do think point. the rams will lose or will win but you fancy the bills win the super bowl you might want to wait till monday morning He's a lot smarter than he looks, you know. That is that is a fine, fine point. Uh, the game that Sky have chosen for the six o'clock, uh, we know obviously you'll be talking about, you'll be listening to Red Zone or watching Red Zone, um, but but it is the New England Patriots, the Miami Dolphins, you know, for a variety of reasons, none of which spring to mind right now. Eleven to eight about the New England <laughs> Patriots, the Miami Dolphins are six to ten three and a half points. I'll it's, give you, uh, I'll give you two reasons: Tyreek Hill. <laughs> is the over under um yeah dolphins fabs which you'd kind of expect with the kind of season that the the patriots are expected to have mike yeah i mean the the problem with the patriots right now is that their offense has looked very very shaky with mcdaniels going and nobody replacing him it's kind of a committee with matt patricia and joe judge and Belichick calling the plays. And, and aren't they and, all know, sort of defensively minded coaches as well? At least the two first guys, Patricia. Oh, they were. Yeah, I mean, Patricia yeah. was a defensive, you know, coach for most of his career mm-hmm. with New England, and um, Judge was the special teams coach. Um, not neither have a record of producing good offenses in the NFL based on their time at Detroit and the Giants. Um, neither, you know, I, I I don't like it at all. I, I was amazed they didn't bring in just a young quarterbacks coach, say, you know, if not a coordinator. I noticed that 
for example, Joe Brady was fired in Carolina in midseason last year, and Buffalo brought him in as a quarterback's coach when they had to bump Ken Dorsey up to coordinator because Dayball had gone to the Giants as head coach. So, something like that would have made sense to me just to help nurse Mac Jones along. You know, and I like Mac Jones. I think he's a smart quarterback. I, I said somewhere weeks ago that I thought he'd be calling plays at the at the line of scrimmage a lot because he probably will see it better than Matt Patricia does. Um, and which may be unfair, but, but I think that the Patriots have looked so shaky offensively, despite having, you know, pretty good personnel around, they want to be a run first team, obviously. And defensively, they needed to get faster. I think they have got faster, but I'm not sure they've gotten better, especially on the back end. JC Jackson was a huge loss. They've got a couple of rookies with all named Jones. They've got <laughs> Patriots have like four guys named Jones on their team. Um, and um, there, there isn't really a, a big playmaker on, on either side of the ball. Whereas Miami went out and, you know, got Tyreek Hill to try to help to a, um, they've got Waddle from last year, Toronto Armstead. Now he's not injured. It's another one of these, you know, <laughs> situations like Christian McCaffrey. It's week one. He's not injured. You're going to have him for at least a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also the left tackle for a left-handed quarterback, which which I think is great, you know, because I think you have to protect the the front side as much as the blind side. And people kind of ignore that. But New England went down there, I think, on Tuesday because they always mess up in Miami. Um, you know, they go down there in, usually in December and the heat kills them. And now there's and the heat's going to kill going to mm. kill them again. I, I like Miami in this one. The, the packs are getting three point five. So I hesitate a little bit because I think they'll keep it close. Um, but. Uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting thing to see how Miami's changes have come and whether, whether, you know, they, I think the Pats have lost three in a row, four in a row to Miami. Certainly the last two anyway. Yeah. Um, but that was with Flores as, as head coach, who, who mm-hmm. knows McDaniel, San Francisco kind of system, you know, yeah, the uh, Shanahan tree, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's going to be an interesting thing and a, a good yeah. test for Tua in week one. Yeah, and as well, um, the, I think John, the, I'm going to interrupt you there because you oh, may please. I've texted you, uh, oh. and this is rare that we're live to do something like this. But John is a Chelsea fan, and he may need to check his phone of the breaking news that is happening as we are currently speak. That Thomas, <laughs> oh, Tuchel, no Chelsea manager, has been sacked as we discuss the game. So yeah. for everyone listening, I we you, you can go on YouTube and go to I don't know about the 28 minute and see John's reaction. Lampard <laughs> in, bring back lamps. Well, well, Look <laughs> in the booth. One of my favorite. Qu- ever and i can't remember who said it first because a lot of people claim it is that you know they said you know to someone what's it like being an interim coach and he said every coach is an interim coach <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh john how do you see uh, patriots dolphins going if you can compose yourself now. i think i'll be fine kieran it's it's okay <laughs> um yeah much the same as i think the the I, yeah i the Patriots have really struggled. So at least that's the word coming out of preseason. Or, uh, but you know, preseason is preseason. It's not the regular season for a reason. So you'd imagine they're potentially holding things back. Um, but the thing is, it, it just seemed that there were basic things going wrong. Like I agree with Mike. I like Mac Jones. I think he's he's going to be a solid quarterback. He already is a solid quarterback. To be quite honest with you. But even you know, he was just kind of. He was seen to be very inaccurate, just with basic things. They played their their ones. They played their full offense for a, a couple of for a substantial period of preseason, and it just didn't seem to be working. And I think that you know that lends credence to the idea that um, the the two lads in Patricia and Judge will take a bit of time to bed in. And I just I think, like I said, with the with Mike McDaniel coming in from the Kyle Shanahan style of offense and giving him someone like Tyreek Hill to play with, I think that could be a, that could be a pretty big one. But uh, I think in this game, because of the Patriots, I think it'll be a pretty low scoring team this season. I think the under 46 and a half on this one looks pretty good to me. If that one, if it goes over 46 and a half, that's because Miami uh, put a bunch of points on the board, not because the Patriots do. Nice. Yeah, you just grabbed my best bet of the week. <laughs> that's why I didn't mention it going through, my but that's okay. I'm happy. To, I'm happy to use it still. Four games at nine twenty-five. Um, we've already spoke about Raiders, Chargers, but they're good games. Giants and Titans, Chiefs and Cardinals. 
but it's obviously headlined a little bit by uh, the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. It's 17 to 20 by the Green Bay Packers. Minnesota Vikings from 1921 and a half points is the current spread. And 47.5 is the over under. John Balf, um, you're always pretty high on the Packers, so I assume you'll expect them to win. Yeah, but I was high on I was high on the Packers when Aaron Rodgers said Devontae Adams, and now I'm not so sure. Um, you know, is there there's not Devontae Adams is arguably the best receiver in the league, if not his top three. And Rogers used him not just efficiently, but just all the time. It was he was he was the number one guy. He was the he was the safety valve as well. He was just the person that Rogers looked to. He was the first look on every single throwing down that the the Green Bay played pretty much, except for you know when they're an obvious one where they're throwing to the tight end Tony or something like this. Um, so I think that the uh, the Vikings are significantly in with a shout here. Their offense is up there, just in terms of the skill positions, at least. Maybe not uh, so much Kirk Cousins behind or under center, but Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, those are some serious, serious options for, for Miami here. So I think this has the game script to me of being a, of being a game where Minnesota take an early leads. They go up by a couple of touchdowns, forcing Rodgers to throw and uh, it could be a, a kind of a high-scoring second half. So I like the over 47 and a half, I think, on this one. Mike, Min- yeah, Min- Minnesota is another dark horse. It can, uh, and you don't know how Kevin O'Connell is going to you know, react to being a head coach and how that's going to go. But I, I think their defense is going to be better than it was the last couple of years under Zimmer. Um, you know, and they, both their, their defensive coordinators, Mike Pettin, who comes from – Green Bay <laughs> and Ed Donatel, who used to come from Green Bay a long time ago, you know, so, so they'll, they'll know, they'll know kind of what they're facing. Um, and I think the spread, which is a point and a half. Um, Could be picking by game time. Let's reflects, be yeah, exactly. It reflects how, how people have not that much faith in, in Green Bay, Green Bay's offense this year. I think they're going to be okay. Um, and I'd probably go with the, with the Packers, um, even giving the point and a half on the road. There's an awful lot of home dogs this week, um, which mm. is which is another another interesting thing. Um, Houston Houston's getting seven and a half against Indianapolis, and, and that's a kind of very tempting thing. The Colts moved every every bet is not is nine to ten on on the chart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the Colts moved to evens last night. <laughs> So somebody's somebody's saying, "Well, that seven and a half is good." It's like the only seven and a half on the board, <laughs> and there's this reaction. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, it is the, it is the Texans, games. remember? So don't get too excited. I don't know who said, who, why you think you can move games like that? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> what do you just before we get to Monday night? What, what do you? Oh no, I know you'll want to you'll want to do the other Sunday the Sunday night game first. Um, but just just without you know, we've we've breezed by Kansas City, Arizona, which I think is another. A really interesting, really interesting say, yeah. matchup, and and the and the Cardinals are five and a half underdogs at home, um, and the over under is the highest of the weekend. It's fifty three and a half. I, I, I'd be tempted to go under here, um, and I'm not sure I'd risk uh, Kansas City, but but I think Kansas City is going to be better than people think. I think Andy's going to adjust, kind of like Green Bay, to having you know to losing the star receiver, but replacing him with with other options because I think he's got better other options than, than Green Bay do. Um, so I, 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 I kind of like the Chiefs in this one. Okay. I, uh, I got going back to the Green Bay game. Um, I mean, he, he does listen to the show, but uh, someone who's universally hated in our league actually has the Minnesota Vikings QB, Kirk Cousins. So that's why I hope that they don't win. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, this, you know, this, Kirk you know, could have a good year. I mean, no, well, think no of, you don't want to hear that. This, think of Matt Stafford, you know, Matt Stafford going to the Rams. You know, this is like the Rams coming to Kirk. Kirk don't Cousins. say that. Don't, no, 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 no one wants to hear that. The, the, the 10 people who are in our league all listen to this show and they will all be very disappointed to hear. There's to hear 12 that. people in our league here. And it's okay. Wait a minute. Don't listen. It's okay. Yeah, give me, give me 45 seconds now when we get to trashing the Cowboys and then they'll all, they'll oh, all well. thank me. This is, a, like, this is the type of person who would who would put a bench player in a starting lineup and then offer a trade. You know all those, those type of people. Like, this, I know that, exactly that, who you're talking about that, here. No, that's the type of person that will do. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys started it, but people seem to think I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan <laughs> because like, I don't know if you guys with your comments about Dallas and stuff. But it's your Dak Prescott tattoo, Kieran. That kind of <laughs> no, I, I notice. I noticed the photo Jones of Jerry tattoo. Jones that's usually behind you <laughs> turned back tattoo. to the wall. Yeah. We're on yeah. YouTube now. I can't. You know. But anyway, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at the Dallas Cowboys. Seven to ten about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Twenty-three to twenty Dallas Cowboys. Two and a half points is the spread. Fifty point five is the over under. Got to talk about Brady. Um, yeah, he appeared obviously kind of gaunt looking uh, last week at press conferences. Uh, there are reports from, uh, you wouldn't say they're reputable sources, but there are genuine reports that uh, Giselle is unhappy with his um, unretiring kind of thing. And he, he did uh, in his podcast that he does, uh, he did have some quotes that basically said, you know, He's got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you can't stop your life, even though sports is happening. Even though I'm playing my 23rd year, if I have a freshman in high school that's playing football too, I have a 12-year-old going through his life, I have a nine-year-old that's going through life, and I have pairs and a lot of things that are really important to me, off-field pursuits and goals. Yeah, it, so, like, is he regretting unretiring? <laughs> I don't think he will once the season starts, um, unless Giselle leaves. Um, I'm, I'm sure he they can probably work it out. Uh, it's funny because I, I was um, listening to Dan, to um, Timothy Snyder, who's a professor at Yale, who's an expert on Eastern European politics and history, and and he's I'm, 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 I'm auditing I'm auditing his class um, via via YouTube. Does he know? <laughs> <laughs> they put it up there anyway. He was talking about how military historians nowadays don't don't actually study military history, but they like all of us want to psychoanalyze the people involved without knowing a thing about them or psychology, and that's what we do with. That's exactly what we do um, with the NFL. You know, you read the mouth clowns and the the, the nugget meisters on Twitter and stuff like that. And which and, one am I? And which one's John? And well, I'm you, a mouth you know, clown. There's all those there's all those gossip sites. You know, they know nothing about football. They they, they can't comprehend what actually goes on. But but you know, if a player's wife poses in a bikini in in the water, they you know provocative shots of so and so. You know, and now it's Tom Brady's marriage. Um, I th I think I think. The, the reality of this game is that Brady will come back. Uh, nothing much has changed offensively because he and Byron left, which were pretty much calling the offense. He doesn't have Gronk. And, you know, he, he is the kind of I want to go to my favorite guys kind of thing. But yeah. but again, he's got Evans and Godwin are both healthy. Um, so he's got two good outside receivers. They'll find another one inside uh, defensively. They're not as strong, I don't think, as last year, but they're still pretty strong. And Dallas is kind of a mess. Um, oh, you know, <laughs> and um, they got huge offensive line problems. Yeah, you know, Jason Peters is probably not the answer, though. If he plays in week one, he'll get away with a lot of holding because the refs will feel sorry for him. <laughs> and, you know, and he's a he's an uh, a perennial all pro. So they've got Zach Martin still, though, don't they? Zach Martin's there, but you know, but yeah. they're starting they're starting Tyler Smith at guard, you know, because mm -hmm. they they're afraid to play him at tackle. Um, do you want to do you know do you want to hear my bit of Zach Martin trivia? Sure, Ooh, everyone he, knows. he has more Pro Bowl appearances than he has holding calls in his career. He's a good. He's good. I move him to left tackle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. To be honest, would have been my first thought. Yeah, but you know. Uh, their whole exist the whole existence of the Dak Prescott Cowboys was based on offensive line play, which I think is a little unfair because Dak Dak has actually played pretty well in taking them as far as they've gotten. But people expect them to go farther year, year after year. Um, they they don't quite have the receiving power they did, and I'm no big Amari Cooper fan, but but as one third of three good receivers, he was certainly mm -hmm. valuable. And Cedric Wilson as as the fourth guy was really good, and he's gone. Um, and defensively, of course, they've got Micah Parsons, um, who may be the second best defensive player in the league um, and, and one of the most versatile. But I think they're vulnerable in the, in the back end, and that's what Tom Brady can, can take uh, advantage of. I, I'd like to go under in this one at 51. Is it going up to 51 and a half now, did you say? It was 51 last night anyway. Has it gone down? I, I think uh, Kieran said 50 and a half. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I so did. there's been money. Money must be coming in on mm. um, on the under, but but uh, what, I liked I liked the under the best in this of the bets in this one. I tell you what I was doing there is I was looking because this is actually a repeat of last season. If you guys remember, um, 
in terms of Dallas headed to Tampa, I believe, or was it in Dallas? Maybe it was home in Dallas. Opening day, opened, was it? Just opened yeah. the season wow, last yeah. year. And really, Dallas should have won the game, if you remember. Like, I don't remember. What was the score? Remember remember absolutely. Was? Well, yeah, Tampa won it with a field goal at the end. Okay, uh, I don't remember that last. at all. Um, so, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how this one goes. It was, it one 20, it was 31-29. Mm. There you go, field goal, yeah. Which is in Tampa. And so that's 60 points. Yeah. Yeah. It was a high scoring game. I mean, Dallas were out in front for long periods. Um, I think they wanted to make a statement, which didn't happen. But mm. I mean, Dallas, you know, let's be honest, Dallas had a good season last year. Uh, they probably got as far as they could go. And if they had maybe built a better stadium with all the billions that they have, they probably have gone a little <laughs> bit further. Yeah. Or if Dak Prescott had known the rules. Maybe they, maybe they need a bigger screen in the stadium. That's- <laughs> <laughs> what is that yellow thing in the sky that keeps getting in the player's eyes? I mean, was that always there? <laughs> We could confirm that was always there. Yeah. In fairness, they were playing in a fairly weak division. So, yeah, exactly. You know, okay. Which okay, is stronger this year. Let's round well, at out. least the Eagles are. <laughs> let's round it out uh, with, um, as Mike said, top and tail kind of the games. It's the Denver Broncos at the Seattle Seahawks. 4-11 to the Broncos. 11-5 the Seattle Seahawks. 6.5 is the spread. 44.5 is the over-under. As Russell Wilson now says all the time, let's roll, guys. Russell uh, Wilson let's Bowl. Cook. Let's cook. <laughs> we had the Baker Bowl. Now we got the Russ, yeah. the Russ Bowl. Um, uh, who's and... going to cook with Russ or cook without <laughs> Russ? Yeah. The I mean, Seahawks this... are kind of messed up this year, aren't they? Yeah, the script writers the NFL you know, did a good job this week, <laughs> and, and um, it should be an interesting game. I don't like Seattle very much at all. I mean, how mm. can you with with Geno Smith and you know winning the quarterback battle with with Drew Locke? Um, I thought life would have been much more interesting if Jimmy G had gone there, but but of course that was never going to happen. Um, and it made it made sense for him to stay in San Francisco. I thought that was a smart move by him as well as a good good move by the team in the end the fact that they danced around for so long before they they both realized it is kind of a um a messy situation uh, but Den- denver were a pretty good team last year their defense is not as good as the reputation would suggest but again they're not going to be threatened that much by seattle um yeah. seattle wants to run the ball they've got two great receivers but you know who they're going to try to get off play action. But if you keep them under control, there's not a great threat. And defensively, they're not the legion of boom anymore. By by any, I, mean, I saw an interesting thing. Um, the the biggest cap charge on their team is Puna Ford. He's like mm. I, I don't think he's the quite the highest paid player, but because of the way the bonuses mm. are, but he, he counts ten million on the cap, which is not that much. But he's the he's the most expensive player on the team. And Puna, I like Puna Ford. He's a good player. But you know, but that's your big guy. You know, Jamal Adams is a safety who can't play safety. I mean, good as he is as a football player, he's really a linebacker. Um, you know, they they've got some players. They're going to start some rookies in the secondary, which I think is probably a bad, not a bad idea, but a, a, a risky one against against this team. Um, one of them's the kid Wooten, is it from um, <clears throat> Texas San Antonio? Um, not many guys make that jump directly into starting, but you know he's like six foot two and he runs a four three forty, and um, you know. But people, because he played a lower level, people hung off on him. So I like Denver here, um, six and a half to Seattle. You know, you got to figure they're going to keep the score down one way or another. You know, you're playing on the road in in Seattle, but but I really think that it's a Denver game and um, the 44 and a half, I think is vulnerable to Russell Wilson try, maybe getting in one or two um, garbage time touchdowns, mm-hmm. just, just out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, look, Seattle relied so much on Russell Wilson. So it'd be interesting to see how they, they, they fare now this season, John yeah. and Mike says, and, mm-hmm. and you know, d- d- we mentioned da- Denver quite a bit last year. Cause it used to anger me a little bit because the games were kind of low scoring, dull affairs, I know we do have a few Denver fans that listen to the pod. And I know they don't like that, but they, but they were guys. Uh, like they were. Do you notice? Do you notice he always says we have a few fans who listen to the pod and then trashes the team to make sure they don't. <laughs> yeah. I think it's that Howard Cosell kind, the, the kind of you know um, heel heel commentator, so that they, yeah. they're going to listen yeah. because he's the guy they love to hate. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I'm. Uh, I, I know uh, most people are football fans. Uh, will know of uh, Arsenal fan TV or AFTV. But if you ever look at it, like if Arsenal win, if you go on their YouTube, they've got like 
50,000 views of a video but if Arsenal lose and it's like someone got sent off or something there's like a million views of a video because <laughs> everyone's gone mental John how do you see this one going um, yeah I think uh, I can't add too much more to, to what Mike said I think obviously it's it's interesting that the the opening week has presented presented us with these two uh, quarterback kind of narrative games the, the Baker Mayfield one and, and the Russell Wilson one I think it, it, that is just an interesting little subplot um, I'd be pretty confident that Denver could take this I think you know Seattle are they in like is this just a concerted rebuilding phase you know they're, I'd be surprised if either of their quarterbacks uh, Drew Locke or Geno Smith are in contention for the starting job next year. So we'll see what happens or we'll see where they end up in the draft and who's available next year or what free agents come around. Do they get, do they get Baker Mayfield when his contract expires? So that would be an <laughs> or interesting Or one. Jimmy G. Or Jimmy G. Yeah, there's there's plenty of options there, but I think they're very much at the moment in a holding pattern and it just looks like Denver, is particularly with the addition of, of Russell Wilson, should be able to take this one pretty handy. But I'll just go, to keep it safe, I'll just go Denver on the money line on this one. Okay, excellent. Um, we did talk about Jimmy G a lot. So before we go to best bets, it should be mentioned since we did the season preview that obviously his kind of, as you mentioned, Mike, his kind of year, what he would do, came to an odd end. Would anyone else think that it's a slightly odd decision to take a pay cut to stay with a team that supposedly won't start you? I think in the end, the team realized that Trey Lance may, may still not be ready. He still may not have enough experience. He's also an injury risk, which Jimmy G is as well. But, you know, if you combine two injury risks, you, you might get lucky and have one guy survive. Um, and from his point of view, he could become a free agent and go and collect the money from a team that might not be in a great situation. The most obvious contenders would have been Cleveland or Seattle. Um, and the team would have to find the 20, 24 million for the cap. Um, uh, well, they'd have to find, you know, whatever and uh, they agree, but he's in a position now where the team, they were one game away. They were one dropped interception away from the Super Bowl, which would have been the second time in three years with him at quarterback. Mm. They were in, in the Super Bowl. And that's a good situation. If he, if he gets to play and he plays well, he's going to have a big contract coming at the, at the end of this. So I think that, that, you know, the result will be as uh, Michael Lombardi said, the truth of the pudding (laughs) is in, is in the, in the results. So I think it was a good gamble for him. Um, Well, yeah. Well, Trey Lance supposedly is unhappy at the situation, but you will be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you be? I mean, there's reports that like, he's got like five games and if he's not good in the five games, in comes Jimmy G. That's the nature of the but that's history, but that's you know that's yeah. the way it is you yeah. know if, if you want to if you want to play you have to you have to prove you can do it um, you have to you have to have two good quarterbacks you really and I like Trey Lance I mean I, I yeah. you know I didn't like the fact that they sold the farm to to get him they were they're so invested in him they have to play him you know yeah. right, right away because he didn't he, he had one year of experience as a starter, as a freshman. And, you know, he took North Dakota state to an undefeated season. He's a, he's a great talent. Um, but he need, he needed to be brought along. And we saw when he played last year, he wasn't there yet. Um, and I don't think they think that uh, he's there now, to be honest. I think, you know, I think uh, Shanahan actually had a quote or something about, we wish we could give him more reps or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so uh, give him the chance if he doesn't do it, Garoppolo plays, and then yeah. you know, then we go through the same dance next year. But also with Jimmy G as well, you'd imagine that he's in a decent position as well to if there's a, if there's any high profile injury in the opening weeks of the season, he'll probably be the, the first guy that you know a number of teams would would call. So I mean, I I do think one way or another, there's a very very good he, chance that Jimmy G takes a lot of snaps this year. Yeah, his his deal is he controls that. He they can't trade him anywhere if, unless he agrees to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's also good for him, you know. I mean, yeah. If if Tampa, if Brady were to all of a sudden retire, um, if you know, if Mac Jones were to get hurt, well, no, New England wouldn't do it. New, New England usually hate admitting mistakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> 
Okay, let's move but on. I, let's move on. Having but, said that, San, I like San Francisco on the road, even even with the six and a half points. San Francisco to beat the Bears. <laughs> the Bears. Um, <laughs> a, a reminder, of course, to please do gamble responsibly uh, this weekend and every single weekend. We got the guys' best bets. Um, if you're checking out the BetFair Sportsbook over the next couple of days, do check out the promotions page as well. There will be lots of specials there over the weekend. Uh, looking right now, get a two pound free bet when you bet ten pounds worth of Akers or Bet Builders uh, on football. Uh, so lots of specials there. At least some odds boosts. Be some lots of player props. So take a look at the Betfair Sportsbook. Tons and tons to get involved with. Uh, gentlemen, your best bets of the weekend. Uh, I said we've kind of rejigged the show to kind of look at some of the games. So are you going to go to those games or are you going elsewhere? Um, Mike Carlson, we kind of heard what yours was going to be. So you might as well go first. Yeah, I'll stick with it. 46-5 under New England, Miami. Interesting. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go unders this week. I'll just say 48-5 Philadelphia, Detroit. And- Probably 51 in Tampa, Dallas, too, but 46-5 New England, Miami. Okay, John. Um, I'm thinking, I, I mean, I obviously was thinking that other, the, the one that Mike went, but in the interest of keeping it different, I think uh, it's not the it's not the sexiest bet, I suppose, but it's it's a money line bet. I tend to like to, you know, be a little more specific, but just the money line in the, the Rams, the Rams to win against the Bills, because I think that is a, number one, it's the most intriguing game of, of week one. And uh, I, I, I just think that the that the Rams might just catch the, the Bills a little bit cold week one. And you don't you don't have to wait till <laughs> till Monday. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll, find, we'll find out exactly if I'm right or wrong in a matter of hours. So <laughs> and uh I am going to go to one of the games we didn't speak about, which is the New York Giants of the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are minus five point five. And uh, to be honest, I think the Titans are one of the big overlooked teams of this year. Again, they're not even favorites to win their division, despite mm-hmm. being, you know, one of the top teams in the NFL for the last three or four seasons. They've got a very good quarterback. They've got a good wide receiver. They've got one of the biggest game changers of a running back that you will ever find. Just give it to Derrick Henry. And yet they don't get and it. I've actually heard some other people say that they don't get it as well. And maybe it's because their team's not sexy enough. Maybe because the quarterback's not good enough. Maybe who knows? But the Giants are going to suck again this year. The oh, yeah. Titans are at home. They'll want a good start. They've got everything to beat them by more than a touchdown. Lock of the week, baby. Count it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not the most boring game of the week because that would be Jacksonville at Washington. And I'd probably take a shot at Jacksonville on the money line at 23 to 20. They're getting two and a half. It went to three. I might take them with the points as well. Yeah, Jacksonville. I'm smelling. I'm smelling upset here. I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to be good. But I don't think they're going to be all as certainly not as awful as they were last year. The biggest. I think we talked about it in the season preview show. The biggest move they made was getting rid of Urban Meyer. Everything else is just (laughs) golden after that point. You know. Another one of my favorite phrases. Addition by subtraction. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Gentlemen, that was brilliant. Thanks so much for joining us for week one. Look, as you know by now, people, we're going to be here every single Wednesday of the NFL season. We're going to look through all the games. We'll have some special games for Thanksgiving games, maybe around Christmas time. Um, and we're hoping to do some some special shows along the way as well. But uh, to my, my brothers in arms for joining me on week one, thank you so much. Hopefully we get off to a winning start. John Bath, thanks for joining me. Of course. My pleasure. Mike Harrison, thanks for joining me. A winning start would be too much to ask. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go w's. with a start and then we'll take every, everything else from there is great. <laughs> Let's go with those W's. And thank you for listening. Have a lovely weekend. Please do gamble responsibly. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye for now.